Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so grateful to have my mother-in-law here and my nephew and niece. We're so thankful that they came down from the great north. I like to tease them a little bit. And uh, they, uh, they shut the door on the igloo as they was leaving, you know. <laughs> I, I have had people ask me, do all the people in Canada live in igloos? And I said, yeah. <laughs> Not really, but... <laughs> I mean, if you think that, I'm going to encourage you to keep on thinking that. <laughs> but no, they don't. And uh, it just sounds good, right? <laughs> We're so happy to have them here tonight. And, and also my son, Nolan. Stand up, Brother Nolan. Amen. Why don't you come up and testify since you graduated today? He was one of several hundred students that graduated today. Amen. Well, I graduated the day. And I'm just honored to say that in my 18 years, God has abundantly blessed me. You know, I can't think of a day that I've gone to sleep hungry or I've gone to gone to sleep thinking that my, my life is going to end some drastic way. So I'm just, uh, you know, he's always blessed me. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was uh, sitting in my room, and I was looking at my certificate of baptismal. It's been over a decade now since I've been baptized, and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I think that's so fantastic that I'm celebrating graduating a decade, uh, over a decade worth of uh, education at the sa same time as I'm celebrating um, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and getting baptized. I just want to thank God every day. Amen. Amen. He always likes it when I put him on the spot. Amen. 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 And pray for my father-in-law. He is uh, uh, suffering with gallstones and gallbladder and, and um, he is due for surgery so let's pray for him amen? amen if you would say a prayer for him if you have your bibles and would like to turn with me tonight to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 22 it feels like a long time since I preached in here and so I just feel like I got the preaching spirit on me right now amen so how many is going to stay with me until I get done? Amen. Matthew chapter until midnight. Well, be like, uh, nope, we don't have anybody sleeping in the windows and they're falling out, huh? <laughs> Matthew chapter 20, verse 22. And let's back up uh, to verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? What do you want? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are you able 
Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. Verse 23, and he saith unto him, them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Just hold your finger right there and go to Psalms chapter 37 and verse 4. Psalm 37 and verse 4. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And then turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Verse 14, speaking of the prophet Elijah, that well-known, off-spoken-of prophet. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken Thy covenant thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was the 12th. He was the last. He was eating everybody else's dirt. And Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle or his robe upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. You may be seated. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the word of utterance and the spirit of prophetic anointing upon me tonight as I preach your word. Let the hearts and the ears of the hearers be open to receive that they may benefit in Jesus' name. I really like the story of Elijah and Elisha. It's one of the favorite stories that I heard in Sunday school. The prophet Elijah. We don't know very much about the prophet Elijah. He just suddenly appeared in 1 Kings chapter 17 from nowhere. It says he's Elijah the Tishbite from a little village named Tish. An indescribable wide spot in the road. But suddenly he appears and he doesn't appear gently. He comes into the king's throne room. How he got in there, we're not told. How he re received an audience with the king, we don't, we don't know that detail. But we do know one thing, that he walked up to the king and pointed his finger at the king and said, it's not going to rain until I say so. That's a pretty powerful statement to make in the presence of a king who has the authority to take your life and walked out. He didn't just walk out, he left. And he went into hiding. The Bible says he went to the brook Kidron and he stayed there until the brook dried up because of the drought. And all the time he stayed there, there were ravens, those dirty, nasty birds. The, those are the kinds of birds that you see if you're driving down the road. They're put picking at roadkill. They're, they're nasty. They're not a bird that you would want to keep in your house in a cage. And they don't sing pretty and they don't smell pretty and, and they don't, sure don't look pretty. And they, and they make noise that, that you would say, uh, get out of my house, get out of my life, I don't want to see you anymore. And those dirty birds would bring him bread and meat every day. God had a plan for his life. And he told him to leave that place, went into another place, and a woman and her son took care of him until the end of the famine, until the end of the drought. We always want to talk about the great stories that Elijah was a part of. But this particular story, we see that Elijah has gone through some depression. You know, sometimes when you are in complete control and you're a can-do-it kind of person and you are a type A personality and you, you take control and you don't let God have control, sometimes God has to pull you back a notch or two. And he didn't, God didn't do what Elijah wanted God to do. And so he finds himself in the wilderness. He's kind of pouting and he's, he's thinking, yeah, I, I was on the mountaintop and, and I called fire down from heaven, but God, uh, why didn't you overthrow that woman Jezebel? Why, why am I here? And she's threatening my life. And why don't you do this, God? And, and God has a plan for Elijah and he's calming him down so he can hear the still, small voice. And it's at this juncture that God speaks to Elijah and says, I've got a task for you to do. And it's a very important task. I want you to anoint Haziel, king over Syria. And I want you to anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, 
to be king over Israel. And then he said, I'm going to ask you to anoint a prophet to take your place, somebody that will take your place because you're not always going to be around, Elijah. You're not invincible. You're not going to live forever. Yes, you've been a great prophet and you've spoke the word of God to many people. But I've got somebody who's cried out to me. And I'm talking to you tonight. I'm talking to you some young people. You've had some dreams and aspirations. And you've made some requests and you've had some prayers. You've prayed some prayers. Oh God, I want to be used in this way. Oh God, would you speak to my heart? And God has used you. And God has given you a calling. But that's not where God wants to stop in your life. Amen. Are you listening to me tonight? Are you hearing what God is saying to you? You can go forward or you can stop right where you are. You see, God won't push you any farther than you desire to go. God won't make you go any farther than what you've already got. If all you want is the Holy Ghost. And I was thinking of where, when Nolan said that, I was thinking of where each of my children received the Holy Ghost. I think Jesse received the Holy Ghost at camp in Florida. And my daughter Taylor, she received the Holy Ghost in camp in Florida. My son Nolan received the Holy Ghost in Jupiter. And my son Winston received the Holy Ghost at the General Conference in Salt Lake City. And I baptized each of my children. And if that's all they wanted and they could walk in that, then that's all God would allow them to have. He's not going to push them. He's not going to proud them. If that's all they want, then they can stay in that position. But if there is a desire in their heart, if there is a hunger in their life to press a little farther, to see God work in their midst, I believe that God touched our hearts in this service tonight. But if that's all you're satisfied with is just a little touch, is just a little anointing, then let me tell you, that's all you're going to receive. Do you remember your prayer requests? That's the title of my message tonight. Do you remember your prayer request? When you were on fire for God and the Holy Ghost was burning in your soul and you got down on your knees or wherever you were and you cried out to God, God, I want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. God, I want to preach the gospel. God, I want to be a witness. God, I want to see your power and your people. And I'm telling you tonight, it did not fall on deaf ears. God heard your request. Just because it did not happen that night or, or the next night or that next week or even that next year does not mean that God did not hear your requests. The Bible says, and we read a verse of scripture to you, that he hears and knows the desires of your heart and he stores them away until the time that he can actually let you have it or that he can answer that prayer or he can use you in that way. But there's some work that has to take place. It has to take place in your life. Just because you got down on your knees and you wept tears 
and you spoke in tongues and you, and you felt the presence of God in your life and I believe you did I'm not mocking that at all just because you received it does it and it didn't happen the next day does not mean that God forgot about it. Does not mean that God ignored it. Does not mean that God filed it under T for trash. In other words, I'm not, I'm not here receiving that prayer. What it means is God put it on hold and said, okay, I hear your request. I see your desire. Now I've got to work on you. I've got to work on other people to make it come to pass. And I believe that you've prayed prayers and you You've asked God for things and they haven't come to pass yet. But don't fail. Don't lose hope. Don't fall back. Don't backslide because your prayer is on the way. We look at this man named Elisha. Oh, hallelujah. Elisha. He followed this prophet Elijah around for 10 long years. 10 years. You know what he did? Elisha didn't let him prophesy, didn't let him preach, didn't let him do anything. You know what Elisha did? He did all the dirty work. He took out the trash. He cleaned up the dishes. He cooked the meal. He carried the luggage. Of the prophet Elijah said, we're going over here. And Elijah walked out the door with an expectation that Elisha better get it all together and get those bags and start following the prophet because that was what he would have been called to do. And when he threw his cloak on him, when he threw his mantle, he asked the prophet Elijah, can I do this? And the prophet said, you do whatever you want. I've already fulfilled my obligation to God and it's up to you. It's up to your desire. I put my mantle on you. I've given you a call. I've given you a chance. I've given you a promise. What you do with it is up to you. And he kept on going. The Bible says that the prophet Elijah, he took an oxen, a, a yoke of oxen, he slew them, and he took the instruments that would hang around the, that yoke and he used them to build a fire and he boiled the, the meat and he fed everybody. He blessed everybody around. He was saying, I'm not coming back to this job ever again. This was a good career. I, was, I, I had promise. I was going places in my career. But now I've gotten rid of my oxen. I've gotten rid of the yoke. I'm following the man of God. Why? Because one day I prayed about something. One day I said, God, God, would you use me? One day I said, God, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to have your anointing on my life. And yes, I'm not going to let anybody be an obstacle to me. I'll never forget, I used this illustration this morning in MIT. I never forget this story about a couple of men who were in the, the army and they were in the, uh, in the old days back when the army had a uh, an Air, Air Force, or it wasn't called the Air Force, it was called the Army Air Corps. Army Air Corps. That's it. Thank you, Brother Harold. And uh, he was, they, they wanted to be a part of the Army Air Corps. And he, they were going to fly fixed wing and, and maybe some early helicopter. And uh, there was one particular lieutenant in, in the uh, boot camp was given one man a particularly difficult time. 
being just rude and ignorant and going above and beyond just drill uh, instructor and drill sergeant uh, duties and trying to uh, uh, prove this individual was capable of uh, being a unit and being part of a company. And one other man came to him and said, you know, this lieutenant, he's acting ignorant and he's doing all these stupid things and he's trying to get you to mess up and he's trying to get you to quit. And why don't you report him? Why don't you go to the major? Why don't you go to the captain? Why don't you go to the commandant of, of, the, of the, the camp and tell him and report him for he's doing extraordinary things to you? I'll never forget the answer that the man said. He said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. He said, this lieutenant is just a door. He's just a door. Meaning I'm only going to be here so many weeks. I came here with an intent. I'm going to fly P-51 Mustang. I'm going to fly him and no lieutenant is going to get in my way, is going to cause me to lose sight and lose focus of what I want to do. You know, some of you prayed a prayer of request. You received the Holy Ghost. You were speaking in tongues and you told God, I want to do this, that, and the other. And God heard you. But somehow you've got off track. Somehow you forgot about your request. Somehow you forgot about your prayer and you started meddling with piddly things. You've gotten involved in people's business. You say somebody's talking about me. You know what? People talk about you all the time. You might as well get over it and forget about it because there is something that I have in mind. There's something that I have in goal and heaven is my destiny. I'm going to be used by God and God's spirit is going to be in my heart and he's going to use me and I'm not going to let anybody talking about me gossip about me or saying anything bad about me because I have a destination in mind. I have an intent in my heart. Someone said, you don't know how they treated me. I said, well, you haven't been with me. <laughs> you, weren't the day they, the, you weren't there the day they chewed me out and cussed me out. You weren't there that day. I didn't feel good about it. I wasn't happy about it when I went home. But you know what I said? Like the man who wanted to be an airman, he's just a door that I have to go through because I have some requests and God heard me and I'm not getting distracted by somebody that has a bad attitude in life. You know, they have a saying here, I learned here in Indiana, I'm a Hoosier boy. They said, if, now you, how many knows what a raccoon is? <laughs> you ever got, had them get in your trash? Yeah, you know, does, do we have anybody here that went, has been coon hunting? You know, maybe this is not a popular thing. Brother Dale, you know about coon. You got dogs and you, you're running those coons, you know. And the dogs are, oh, 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 and they're howling, oh, oh, oh. And one fellow says to the other, said, they're getting, I know they're getting closer. They're going to tree that coon. And we're going to get him tonight. You know, and I, I'm not really, that's not my sport. Uh, I'd rather go fishing or, you know, something else. But, hey, if you like to hunt coons in the middle of the night and run into tree limbs and all that kind of stuff, well, knock yourself out. I don't care. 
Amen. I'm not, I'm not here to speak evil of anybody that goes coon hunting. But there is a saying about the dogs who are on the hunt. The dog that cannot tree the coon will bite the one who can. And you know what? That's an earthy saying. But people will bite you if they're seeing you being elevated and lifted up for God. You know what? They need to get their focus off of you and get their focus on God. If you've prayed a prayer request, if you've made a request from God, you need to forget about me. You need to forget about somebody else and keep your eyes on the one who can answer your prayer. I'm not going to spend 5, 10, or 20 minutes tracking down every rumor that I've heard about me. Not going to do it. You know what? The devil would like for me to start getting on the phone. Did you hear so-and-so say this and go to the next person? Did you hear so-and-so this say this and, and tracking it down? You know who it's going to destroy? It's not going to destroy those people. It might eventually. I'm not sure. But I know it, what it would do to me. It would destroy me. It would keep me in a place where I couldn't hear from the voice of the Lord anymore. It would put me in a place where I would lose sight of the request and vision that God has for me. And the request I've made. Now I've made some requests. I've made some requests. Like John and James's mom came and said, I, you know, hi Jesus. You know, my, my sons, they're pretty good looking guys, you know. They're over here. I was just wondering if one could sit on the right hand one could sit on the left. You know, I'm going to preempt all this. I know that, you know, one of these days you won't be walking around here in the dirt. You're going to be riding stallions and, and you're going to be living high and in the palace. And I know we're just, we're trying, we're revolutionaries now. And, and, and Jesus said, well, you know, can you drink the cup that I can give you? Well, she said, oh, yeah. They said, oh, yeah, we can drink it. Drink it. He said, yeah, and are you going to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? Oh, yeah, we can do that. You know, sometimes we just speak, we shoot from the hip. I can do that. Have you ever said that? Oh, I can do that, yeah. And uh, when you got time to do it, well, well maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus, but he, he affirmed what they said. Oh, yeah, I know you're going to be able to drink it. And I know you're going to be able to be baptized. It's not always what, but it's not how you think, James and John. I've made some requests. And let me tell you, since I've made those requests, God's a, he got out his big old file and started filing on me. <laughs> oh, uh, how did he ever file? And it didn't feel good, Brother John. It felt pretty bad at the time. I, I was wondering if I, I knew what God was doing to me. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You ask me for such and so, and I'm helping you get it. But you're a little rough to receive it. I said, me, Lord, I thought I was perfect. How many think they're perfect? Oh, come on. I didn't have one person raise their hand. When I asked the Lord for those things, 
I was talking in tongues, Brother Larry, and I was feeling the vibes and the Holy Ghost, and it was coming up all down my back, and I was, woo, I was doing this thing. Woo, oh yeah, I know I got the Holy Ghost now, and I, I know the Lord's going to give me my answer now. And I felt pretty perfect. Okay, now I qualified it. Has anyone felt that? You felt it. You, you, I mean, you were talking in tongues and you felt pretty per perfect. And, and you thought, surely the Lord's going to give it to me because I'm pretty perfect. I'm talking in tongues and I'm dancing before the Lord. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> some of you are laughing and some of you are not. Some of you know I'm telling the truth. And the Lord said to me, I know you think you're perfect because you're talking in tongues. I know that you think that hey, you're wonderful. But guess what? I will answer your prayer. But we got some work to do. All right. Come on. All right. Come on. We got some work to do. Now, you can make null and void any prayer request that you pray. You can. God won't, but you can. Nobody else can, but you can. When he's in the middle of making you like he wants you, and you say, oh, Lord, I don't want, I don't, well, whoa, Lord, this is not what I asked for. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I thought it was going to be. How many thought something else in the it didn't quite turn out like that. This was not how I thought it was going to be, Lord. Lord, truly, what are you doing, Lord? I, I, I'm pretty good in that area. Why are you working on that area? That's why I'm working on that area is because you think you're pretty good in that area. So for 10 long years, Elisha walked around. He was a gopher. He was a nobody. I, you know, I, I routinely get people to tell me, oh, I, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I, I want to, I say, okay, you can do it. I'll help you do it. You know what? But I can only help you go so far. You've got to have a desire to humble yourself, uh, to get rid of your pride, to allow God to work on you. Amen. Amen. Pray to prayer. Oh God, I want to be humble before you. As it says in James, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. And then it said forgive. And I said, oh God, I, I want to have forgiveness in my heart to anybody. My brethren especially. Because nobody can hurt you like family. And we're family. People in the world really can't hurt me. I mean, they say things to me and just let it go. But family's different, you know. And I have to let it, I have to say, God, oh, no. <laughs> you know, the devil, he casts that bait. He goes, he lets it fall and he starts winding it in. You know, the bait of offense. And, and I get to thinking, oh, I, 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 I could get back. Oh, I could get back. I, I, you know, I've heard people say, I don't get back, I get ahead. <laughs> you know what? 
I, I get to thinking of my original request. I get to thinking of my original intent. And I thought to myself, if I devolve, and it was, I was tempted. And I, I get down in the quagmire of being offended. It's not going to destroy any, my, anyone. It's going to destroy me. And my dreams and de desires will never come to fruition because my heart is blocked. You can stop the request from being fulfilled. You can stop. But if you determine in your heart, no matter who comes or what says or what is done, if you say it like this, I, this individual is just a door that I have to go through. This situation is just a door that I have to go through. This circumstance is just a door that I have to go through. And if it means a little persecution, a trial, and pain, I'm going through it because I know that when I get on the other side, I'm going to be like gold tried in the fire. And my request is going to come to pass. Hallelujah. We made it. We made it. We made it. I'm not going to get to heaven with empty hands. I'm going to get to heaven with all the blessings that God has given to me while I'm right here. Some of you are looking for a cabin. Some of you are looking for just paltry, middling things. I don't know about you, but I'm asking God for things. And I get to heaven, I'm going to get a lot more than I got here. You say, Pastor, what are you asking for? There was a prophet one time, he asked, he said, Lord, we've given up houses and lands and our families. And Jesus said, I'll give you a hundredfold, not in the life to come only, but in this life. Come on, you need to start thinking different. You, you ask God for things, and if you believe God for things, you need to believe that God is going to give them to you. He that believeth in his heart, the things that he's prayed, it's going to come to pass. I'm not going to let my pride get in my way. I've been offended, Brother Ham. I've been offended in preachers. Whew. Ain't nobody can hurt you like a preacher. I'm a preacher and a son of a preacher, and I'm not bad-mouthing preachers. I love preachers. But nobody can hurt you like a preacher. Now, there's a difference between plain talk and trying to hurt you. I don't mind if it's plain talk. Like get yourself together and get going. That's plain talk. But hurt is different. Somebody that means to malign and destroy you. That's different. And I've had people, preachers, try to destroy me. Try to malign me. And I'll tell you, Brother Ham, I've been tempted. I've been tempted. The phone was right there. And I thought, I'm going to call my friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pull in some favors of mine. Huh? You know what the Lord said to me? He said, well, you can do that. And I won't stop you. But remember those requests that you made? They won't happen. So where you are now is where you're going to stay. Let me tell you. So where you are now is where you're going to stay. And you know what I said? I said, Brother Ham, I said, okay. 
I will not say a word against them or about them. You know why? Because I have my eye on the prize. There was a day that I was down praying and tears were coming down the face. I was talking in tongues and I was speaking in tongues and I felt the presence of God and I asked God for some things. I asked him for some big things and God, I felt God said, okay, I'll give those to you. But you know what? I wasn't ready to receive them. I thought I was. I thought I was pretty good. I thought I was perfect. I thought I was talking in tongues and, and I was a preacher at that time and I thought I was, uh, God would, is just going to dump them in, in my lap. He's just going to give them to me like I was. But God said, I see you and I'll give you those things but I've got to work on you. So for 10 long years, that's what happened to Elisha. In 2 Kings, Elijah has been prophesied he's going to be taken up into heaven. The day he's going to be taken up. And so the prophet Elijah says to Elisha, you stay here. I'm going to go down to Jericho. And Elisha says, well, there's no way. Ten years. I remember the day I prayed and asked God. And you're the key. You are the key. I'm not leaving you. I'm not letting you out of my sight. There's no way. Not to be weird, but you go to the bathroom, I'm standing outside of the door. I'm going to sleep with one eye open, meaning when you get out of bed and go someplace, I'm going to get my clothes on and go out there and see where you're going. You know, if it, may, it might be time to go. It, and you didn't say it to me to go. You told me to stay here, but I said I wasn't staying. The prophet said, I, I'm going to another place you stayed. He, and Elisha said, oh, no. I know, I, I, no, no, I'm not doing it. No, there is a cost, and I'm going to pay it. Second Kings, chapter 2. And the sons of the prophets that had the same opportunity, that had the same, had made the same request, had made the same prayer, had the same anointing, was around the same prophet. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to, unto him, Knowest thou that thy, the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? Today is the day it's going to happen today. It's inferred, but it's never spoken specifically, the prophecy that Elijah was going to be taken up. And so they are, they are inferring that prophecy that had been made. And he said, yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Don't try to discourage me at all. Because up to this point, he hadn't received what he had asked for. He had not received it. 
Now remember, he had prayed and God had touched him and, and now he had followed the prophet around for 10 long years and nothing happened. I mean, he was just a gopher. He was just a guy that carried the luggage. He was a guy that cleaned the toilets. He was a guy that, hey, he wasn't doing anything great. But he'd ask and God said, okay, I'll give it to you. And, and Elijah said to him in verse 6, Terry, I pray thee here for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. I'm going down to the river Jordan. You stay here. And he said, Elijah said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And the 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to a view afar off. I, I'm always perplexed by that verse of scripture. Why are they standing so far away? Why, are, why aren't they near? You know, I don't like to sit in the back. I, I don't like to sit in the, you know, you've been in an arena. I don't like to sit in the nosebleed section. I don't like to where you have to carry your oxygen up there. You're so high up. And the, the people on, the, on the, the field, they look like little tiny ants. Someone said, did you see the play? I said, what play? I'm just up here enjoying the rarefied air. I don't know what's going on down there. I went to a youth congress one time and I had the seats were way up there. And someone said, hallelujah. I think it took four minutes to get to me. <laughs> there was a time warp, you know, like hallelujah. And people were down there shouting around. I said, what happened? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how high up we were. <laughs> and they stood afar off. And they too stood, Elijah and Elijah stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. That's a miracle. A riverbed is a mucky, muddy place. It's not a dry place. Dry ground, they walked over. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elijah, finally the question comes to his mind and he says it, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And this is what I asked for years ago, Elisha says. Oh, I remember that day. I'm getting ready to repeat my request. I'm getting ready to repeat my request. Do you remember your prayer request. Do you remember what you prayed? Oh God use me. And then you stop God from using you. Because the process of getting you in place to be used is painful. It's always painful. It's never easy. And sometimes when God starts working on you. To use you and get you in a place where he can answer your request. You stop him from working because you beg him and say, oh, God, please make it stop. And God says, okay, I'll pull back. And you stop right there. And Elisha, he said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon 
Now you think in your mind as you've read that verse of scripture that that's the first time that Elijah ever say that, said that. No, no, no. No, 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 a hundred times no. He had said that many times. How do you think that Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha? By chance? We don't live by chance. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. There was a hunger and a desire in Elisha's heart, but he had to go through some things. And he wanted a double portion of Elijah's spirit. He wanted a double portion of the prophet Elijah. And God said, okay, I'll give it to you. You're a little proud right now, so I'm going to have to take you down to give you that. Some people say, I want to do this for God. And I say, okay, hallelujah. You asked for it. And God will give it to you. You just better be prepared. You better prepare yourself. And he said that I let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. I can imagine that old grizzly prophet looked hard at Elisha. Looked him hard in the eye. Say, well, you've asked for a hard thing. You've asked for something that's pretty difficult. I hope you're ready. You've asked for a hard thing. That's what the prophet said. This is a hard thing. But what did he say? Nevertheless, you see me when I am taken from thee it shall be so unto thee but if not it shall not be so you know I've been for years I was kind of perplexed about that and how the prophecy was spoken he's speaking and he goes into have you ever been reading a book and the author suddenly jumps to a scene that's very at the very beginning or he jumps around in the, in the story? And Elijah jumps back to a scene that is a long time ago in Elisha's life. You've asked a hard thing, but you've been with me here. You haven't let anything deter you. You haven't lost your focus. You've allowed God to get a hold of your heart and shape you and mold you. You've asked a hard thing. When you asked it, it was a difficult thing. It, not that God could barely do it, but it was going to be difficult for you, to God, for God to give it to you. Some of you have prayed prayers and you want God to do things and and when God gets ready to do them, He gets ready to open the windows of heaven. And then He has to make some adjustments to your life. He has to make some adjustments to how you receive that blessing. Just like He made adjustments to Joseph's life. He gave him dreams. But Joseph wasn't ready to receive the, the blessings from those dreams. Joseph was full of himself. Joseph was full of pride. He went up to his brothers and said, Well, look at the dream that God gave me. He didn't give you that dream. You bowed down to me. And even dad and mom bowed down to me. And his own father rebuked him and said, Who am I? Who are you? Who do you think you are? You're gonna, I'm gonna bow down to you. That'll be the day, boy. And God said, Well, I gave him those dreams, but I'm gonna have to work on it. 
I'm going to have to work on it. Well, it was, it, was a, it was a hard thing when your own brothers said, throw you into a pit. Your own brothers pull you out of the pit. Your own family, your own blood pull you out of the pit, sell you as a common slave. Common slaves where they never saw their family most likely ever again. A horrible thing. They thought we'll never see him again. He's done for and he's gone forever. God had a plan. He got his file out. Oh, I know this is hurting you, Joseph. And Joseph's crying tears. The Bible says that he even confessed. He said, you saw me. You saw me that day when I was pleading with you. I was begging you and tears were running down my face. Please don't sell me. Please don't give me the Israelites. Please, I don't know where I'm going. Please, please, please. And he was screaming and crying until they finally gagged him and tied him up and put him on a camel or a horse or whatever it was. Elisha and it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and part of them came right in between them part of them asunder and Elijah he went up by a whirlwind I've, I've thought about my goodness, every time I've seen a tornado, it's destroying stuff. I, haven't, I don't want to be seeing tornadoes. We just had one coming in, and I'm praying for those brothers and sisters. I, that, they're my family in Adam in Ohio, and wherever they It's destroyed. It's destroyed their livelihood, their homes. It's not a good thing. But here, the Bible says that a whirlwind picks up Elijah. leaves Elisha standing there and Elisha saw it and he cried my father my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof and he saw him no more and he took of his hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two you know some people they have an experience like that they They'd be like, you know what Peter said, hey, little Lord, this was a great time. You know, we're on the Mount of Transfiguration. Why don't we build a temple for you and build a temple for Elijah and build a temple for Moses? <laughs> they would just camp there. You know, some people, they, they got a, 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 saw an angel. They would stay right there. That's all they would talk about. Oh, oh I saw an angel. And uh, they'd, uh, that, was the, that would be their whole experience. I've seen people like that. And they say, hey, listen, I'm glad you saw an angel. But that, that was 20 years ago. And here we are now. And God's got a work for you to do. So you need to forget about that angel. It's not God anyhow. What did he do? He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, fell from Elijah and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. It doesn't tell us that Elijah ever went back to that place ever again in his entire life. We can't find any record that he went back there and that became a, a, a shrine, a holy place. It was the experience of what God was doing to our heart. Some of you need to get the experience that happened to you 20 years ago. The prayer that you prayed 20 years ago. You need to allow God to work on you. You need to allow God to shape you. And cause the prayer requests that you made come to pass. I have determined in my heart that I'm not going to allow anything to hinder my request coming to pass. 
means taking the low road. Brother Moore, I'll take the low road. You know what? I'll be down here. You then walk up there. I'll walk down here. Why? I don't care. <laughs> you want the pats on the back? As Jesus said, but that's all you'll get. You know, That's just for the moment. I don't want the pats on the back. I've got a goal in mind. I've got a vision in mind. I've got a request in mind. I've got a desire. It's good desires. It's good things. It's good things for the kingdom. It, it's going to bless people. It will bless people. It's blessing people. It's all in my heart. And I'm not going to let anybody turn me back. Get in front of me. Get, get beside me. Get in my head. Or cause me to get bitter. None of that. You know what? I have decided as the preacher preached this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided that my prayer requests are going to come to pass. I have decided. I have decided. I'm going to be humble. Hey. I'm not going to get lifted up in myself. I'm not uh, uh, titles. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. I have a dest destination in mind. I have something that's going to happen. This is just a door that I have to go through because really heaven is my home. I want to be with Jesus. I want His power. I want His anointing. I want His extraordinary call upon my life to be fulfilled. And if you're satisfied with what you got, then. I guess you can live like you want. And that's all you'll have. But he said, I want a double portion. I want a double portion. I don't know what you want. I don't know what your prayer request is. I promise you, God will give it to you. Yes, he will. He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, you might have to modify your desires. They might... I've modified all kinds of desires because my heart wasn't right. I'm not asking for pink Cadillacs. <laughs> you know, there are some things that I don't care about. I, I wouldn't care to have them. If you give me one, I, I said, well, that's nice. I'll take it down and sell it and get something else. I don't want to drive a pink Cadillac. <laughs> Amen. I don't have anything. If you want to drive a pink Cadillac, well, go ahead. I don't, but people might come up to your window you sell Mary Kay? <laughs> I mean, that's okay. If that's what you want. <laughs> Better whip out your order pad. <laughs> Come on, laugh, y'all. It's okay. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking, do you remember the request that you made? Now, I'm coming to a close in this message. I really... I really pray that you receive some word from this message tonight. I'm coming to a close, and if you would stand to your feet. I wonder if there's anyone in here that remembers some of the requests that you made. And maybe you have stopped your request. Maybe you have allowed something to come into your heart. Maybe those requests that could have been fulfilled and God was fulfilling them. You allowed some things to come in between you that became an obstruction. It became an obstacle. It became insurmountable because you got your feelings hurt because somebody said something to you or didn't say something to you or something happened to you or didn't happen to you or all the perplexities of life and the complexities. I'm asking if you ask for a double portion, you can receive it. You can have it. 
it's a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, if you keep your eye on the prize, keep your eye fixed, you keep your eye on the prize, you can have it. It's when you start looking around, you're going to get distracted. He said, if you see me when I go, you can have it. But if you lose sight of what God has called you to do, what he wants you to do, caught up in the things of this life I really have no ambition personal ambition to run people's lives my wife has lived with me for 30 years I just don't have that ambition I don't, I don't call I don't say you know this person needs to do that and she can confirm I just, I'm not in the business of running people's lives but there's sometimes as a leader as a pastor I try to help people make adjustments why? Because they, I know they have made some requests. And I'm trying to help them reach that request. But I can only help so much. They've got to turn into their heart and say, God, I don't want anything to hinder me from reaching that goal. That day he received a double portion. He got to the River Jordan, Elisha did. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elisha? And the first miracle that took place in his life when he took that mantle and he smacked the water and all of a sudden the same thing happened to him as did Elijah. And the waters parted and the Bible says he walked over on dry ground. First miracle. The Bible says that Elisha did twice the miracles that Elijah did. A double portion. Would you come to your to the altar if there's a prayer deep in your heart if there's a hunger deep in your life hallelujah hallelujah